Welcome back to the 1009 Podcast Network. It's usually Bailey giving us that intro, but it's just me right now. Because I had an idea, and I figured I'd roll with it, and I'm going to see how it does, and we'll uh, go from there. But I, on behalf of Bailey and Jacob, missed the slate show. Uh, football has come and gone. Watched the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. Great game. Uh, Butker at the buzzer to give the Chiefs the win. But now we have no reason to record a slate show, unfortunately. College basketball getting into the stretch run almost March Madness time. So that'd be a great chance to get some people in and get some picks out for you guys. But in the meantime, the second half of the NBA season begins tonight. I'm sitting here late Wednesday night knocking this out before games get started tomorrow. Uh, Nine-game NBA slate. So I figured in celebration of the second half of the NBA kicking off that I would uh, give you guys at least a lean, if not a pick, for all nine games. So I've uh, sat down the slate about the last hour, hour and a half, and uh, I think I've got a pretty good feel for it. Uh, we'll say in advance it is pretty favorite heavy, which, uh, if you can imagine, makes me a bit uneasy. But, you know, sometimes you just got to trust the good teams to get it done. Uh, a lot of home favorites with this slate coming up on Thursday, and uh, we will have two nationally televised games. First, we've got the Grizzlies at the Sixers at around 7, 7.30, and then late. At around 10, we've got the Warriors visiting the new-look Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so getting started with the earlier games, the 7 o'clock tips, there's a, several of them, uh, the first of which is the Celtics playing eight points at the Pacers. Uh, this game features one of the best teams in the NBA, especially the Eastern Conference and the Celtics. Um, red hot going into the break. I wouldn't expect much else from them beginning the second half. Um, Joe Mazzulla, the interim head coach, has shed the interim tag recently and will now serve as the true head coach after some uh, off-the-court issues with the coach at the time coming into the season. So that cloud has been lifted a bit. Uh, you would never know they had off-season issues at head coach with how the teams played in the first half. And uh, Jason Tatum put up, I believe, 55 points in the All-Star game, which is a record. Uh, his teammate across the court from him this time, Jalen Brown, added 35 uh, but it was Tatum who took home the victory in the All-Star game as well as the MVP. Uh, don't love laying big numbers. Uh, eight, not asking a lot of defending Eastern Conference champs. It is a road spot coming out of the break against a team they're expected to beat pretty handily. Uh, this is the second largest spread out of the whole slate. So obviously they're going to be played a pretty clean game to get across this number. This Patriots team is scrappy. Um, They've locked in Miles Turner for the foreseeable future. It seems like they're committed to that nucleus of Halliburton and Turner with pieces around them to try and get this team back to contending. Uh, but I, I would lean, honestly, Celtics first half. As I sit here around midnight Wednesday night, there is not first half lines up for me. But with how things usually play out, I would assume with the line being eight, it would be in the neighborhood of five, maybe five and a half by the time that you guys listen to this. So I would. I think lean towards the first half in this one, um, uh, mostly just because uh, the, those last 10 splits I mentioned a while ago were actually first half. Uh, so Boston getting off to hot starts, Indy not so much. Uh, I think that the NBA can get very, very weird late in games, as Bailey has found out several times this year. Uh, sometimes teams really don't care if they're up eight or nine points and the spread is, you know, seven and a half, eight points, and you get some just absolute brutal beats out of the association, I mean, with anything, just like college basketball. But, um, yeah, so in that spirit, uh, 
second biggest number on the board, like I mentioned. So I'm going to try and cut that roughly in half and uh, roll with Boston, who is definitely a superior team, and they've shown it, especially early on. Recently, it's a little tough to cap numbers coming out of an all, a layoff like the All-Star break. So I'm leaning on trends a bit here to try and guide me through this first day of the second half. So, yeah, I'll take the Celtics. Hopefully going to get them around minus five on the first half line. But, you know, we'll see once those lines are released. Uh, next up at 7 o'clock, one of the uh, grosser games, honestly. Uh, the Detroit Pistons are six-and-a-half-point road underdogs in Orlando facing the Magic. This team, really both of these teams, uh, they're not playing for much. I wouldn't even say pride at this point. They're playing for Victor Wimbenyama more than anything. So uh, this Orlando team, very, very scrappy in the underdog position throughout the NBA season, especially at home. Uh, they find themselves, again, north of two-position favorites. And I just wonder... Are they seven points better than anyone outside of maybe San Antonio and Houston? Uh, two teams firmly dead set on tanking for uh, lottery balls here this spring. So I, I just struggled to lay six and a half, seven with Orlando. But then you look at the other side and do I trust Detroit to show up at all on the road? Uh, I mean, again, these are two teams well out of the playoff picture and firmly in the lottery picture. So it's always a bit tough. I, I fully expect the Magic to win. Um, with the spread where it's at, my line will be north of minus 200, and that's just not waters I usually tread into. Uh, so, you know, if you're trying to build a favorites parlay to boost your bankroll midweek and uh, get rolling for the weekend, this may be one to look at. That's not a practice I usually get into. Um, if I'm ripping a two-team parlay, I like to keep both legs under minus 200 if I can, just because I just feel like there's just too much craziness involved the NBA, especially with teams like this. There's no real true indication of what their motivation is night in, night out. Um, either one of these can get blown up by 25 points, and I really wouldn't be too surprised in all honesty. So uh, this one, I would, I guess, lean magic. Um, again, it's hard to put your faith in teams that, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things in the NBA just aren't relevant. Um, but I mentioned they're really, really good as an underdog, but here they are as a huge favorite. So, I, you know, personally, I will not be touching this game. I will not be watching this game. You could give me free league pass for a night with just this game, and I probably wouldn't watch it. Uh, but, you know, again, I'm going through every game, so I would lean Orlando there. Uh, third game, the 7 o'clock window, by far the best game, in my opinion, is the Cleveland Cavaliers hosting the Denver Nuggets, uh, the Nuggets' best record in the NBA, uh, Mike Malone. Represented the West All-Star Weekend. Um, but I think the Nuggets lose coming out of the break. I think that this Cleveland team is healthy right now. That's a big thing for them. We saw the impact of Jared Allen's injury down the stretch for them last year as they bowed out in the play-in. Uh, this team added Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. He has been excellent. Darius Garland taking another step forward. Even Isaac Okoro, the forgotten lottery pick in Cleveland, has done well with the responsibility he's had to shoulder, which honestly isn't much. Um, It'll be interesting to see for Cleveland how they handle the departure of Kevin Love over the course of the All-Star week. Uh, he was bought out and plans to sign with the Heat. So, obviously, on the court, not a huge impact, but guys like that certainly do have an impact in the locker room behind closed doors and when games are not being played. So, uh, one minor note of caution, but I love this Cavs team. I really think they have a chance to win the East as good as Boston, Milwaukee. Philadelphia, some other teams are. I, I really think they're right in that tier 
that is absolutely capable of winning the Eastern Conference, uh, and this would be a great way to kick off the second half as they pursue just that. Uh, Cleveland at home against the spread, 20-10-1. and On the other side, Denver 12-16 and against the spread on the road, and as a home favorite, Cleveland 19-10-1. So if they're at home, they're almost always favorite. Uh, Denver, as an away underdog, 6-5 and against the spread. That's actually pretty impressive, honestly. Um, looked a bit deeper into the Cavs. They were 10-3 straight up against the West at home this season. Now, obviously, they're not playing teams to the caliber of Denver every night, but it is, across a 13-game sample size, a good sign that they are winning a lot of those games straight up. Uh, the Cavs are laying two, two-and-a-half points. It may even be three by the time you hear this, so this is one that I may look at uh, to pair with another short favorite in the NBA or even another sport. Um, to get me plus odds on like a two-leg parlay. But honestly, I'll probably just take the Cavaliers. Uh, like I said, this is one of the teams I'm highest on relative to everyone else and certainly the betting market. Um, and I realized that, you know, Denver, better record, best record, um, but just not quite the same team on the road. They will also be without Aaron Gordon and potentially Jamal Murray. So uh, injuries, unfortunately. Just another factor you have to look at. The Cavaliers look to have a clean bill of health as far as significant players in this game. So um, at the NBA, it's kind of tough to tell sometimes whether guys will play. I don't anticipate knowing if Jamal Murray will play uh, before minutes or hours before this game. But I'm confident either way uh, that Cleveland can get this done at least by a bucket. Um, and if Jamal Murray is ruled out, look for this line to move a point, point and a half further towards Cleveland. So uh, I like this a lot at two and a half or three, and uh, I'm going to roll with the Cavs at home to kick off their second half. Uh, rolling into a couple of 7.30 tip-offs still early. Uh, the early TNT slot, like I mentioned, Sixers and the Grizzlies. And honestly, this one was a lot easier to pick than I expected. Uh, this Grizzlies team, a lot of youth, but they can show experience any given night, they can beat anybody. They could also lose to anybody. This Memphis team just not very good as an underdog against the spread. Uh, three and seven as an underdog overall this season, and it's worst. One and seven on the road as an underdog against the spread this year. So, uh, you know, when they're in Memphis, the crowd's rocking. They've got the home support behind John Morant, Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., all those young guns they've got in Memphis. They play really, really well, and they can beat anybody, but they venture outside of Memphis and get into hostile territory. And what's more hostile than Philadelphia, honestly, across any sport? Uh, Philly 16, 10, and 1 against the spread as a home favorite. Uh, as a favorite overall this season, 25, 17, and 1, both good numbers to have in your pocket. Uh, again, uh, this line is Philadelphia minus 4. As I sit here now, it can move. With it being a national TV game, I could see this having a little bit more of a handle on it, some more money being involved, so it might not move quite as much as some of these other games. But, yeah, I feel good about the Sixers laying the four points. Uh, money line, last I saw, was minus 175. Uh, again, that's not something I would take solo, but if you wanted to say, but then with the Cavs, for example, uh, that would give you some pretty solid odds. Um, not something I love doing, If I mean, especially games like this where there's some splits that I like. And I'll honestly probably take the Sixers solo like I planned to with the Cavaliers. So backing a couple favorites in the East against some elite teams out West. Um, moving down the slate, also with 730, the Pelicans and the Raptors. Uh, Zion Williamson, unfortunately, continues to miss time for this Pelicans team. 
Uh, the Raptors may get OG Ananobi back, which is big for them. Uh, very scary wrist injury after a very hard fall a couple weeks ago, but looks like he potentially returns for this game. Uh, in what capacity? You never really know until they play. Uh, the NBA, one of the trickier leagues in all the sports to uh, handicap and evaluate injuries because the information can change at a moment's notice. Uh, you will see more game time decisions in this league than any other, honestly. And it's great when it works in your favor and infuriating when it doesn't. So just a note of caution with that. Uh, the Pelicans without Zion on the road, they are 4-10 and ten straight up. Their only win in the last month, they beat my Thunder by three points in a game they easily could have lost. Um, they were up 20 points at one point. The Thunder roared back, cut it to one several times late, just couldn't get it done. So uh, this Pelicans team on the road, just not great. Uh, looking at Toronto, 14-11 as a home favorite against the spread. The Pelicans 6-12-1 against the spread as an underdog on the road. So again, kind of like Memphis, you get this team away from home, which is a completely different story, obviously. Truly their best player in Zion Williamson went healthy. He was an all-star, deservedly so, unfortunately. Unable to participate with, I believe, a hamstring injury that's been hampering him for a while, and he was ruled out for several more weeks over the course of the break. So we will not see him for probably another two or three weeks. It will be well into March before he comes back. But uh, I don't know. I, I think this Pelicans team... I was very, very high on them before the season. Uh, Brandon Ingram has played well when he's not out with the most nagging toe injury in the history of sports, potentially. Uh, I just don't know that they go into Toronto and win this game, but I think that with the Raptors laying six points, that may be a bit too much. So this is going to be a lean for me as well, but give me the Pelicans plus the six. Uh I don't know if they get this done outright. I really wouldn't be surprised if they lose close just because of how good this Raptors team is at home. Um, you know, another one of those things where the home crowd really gives them a boost. That's a very lively environment out in Toronto. Um, you know, we saw it several years ago in the playoffs when Kawhi was there and they won a title. Um, that crowd absolutely is a difference maker. Now, will they get up for a midweek game against the Pelicans team? Maybe, maybe not. Zion, obviously. Out some star attraction, not quite there, but this Raptors team, I think, is more than capable of winning. I just don't know if they do it by six points. So, another lean. I'll take a dog this time and uh, give me the Pelicans plus the six. One more 7.30 tip-off. It is the new-look Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving in town. And they host the San Antonio Spurs, who are honestly an embarrassment to the entire league as they continue to plummet down the standings. And... Uh, minimally increase their odds at Victor Wimanyama. Uh, Greg Popovich trying to leave the Spurs with the number one pick in the draft as his parting gift as he looks to assuredly retire very, very soon. Not the best farewell tour as far as wins, but, you know, if you get him Victor Wimanyama, that's a pretty good two-week notice present. Uh, it remains to be seen if this approach will work. This Spurs team's atrocious. This Mavericks team has changed a lot just because of the pieces that moved around to acquire Kyrie Irving. So honestly, I, this is the, really the one game I had truly nothing for. I, it, the spread is Mavericks minus 13 and a half. That's just ridiculous for an NBA game. Uh, and I realized that these spreads happen all the time, but I mean, before the break, I think the Rockets were something in this neighborhood against the Cavaliers and lost by single digits. So it, it, they covered, um, but I just, 
I hate double digits in basketball, collegiate, NBA, doesn't matter. I, I think you're just asking for it. I mean, the Mavericks could be up 16 with 90 seconds left. They empty the benches, and you're a couple fluke shots from the Spurs bench away from uh, regretting investing in a game like this. So uh, on that note, this is really the one game I have nothing for. Uh, you can honestly just hold your nose, take the Mavs, hope that Kyrie and Luka both go off, as they have uh, several times with – the reunion happening recently. Uh, they did combine for like 70 something points in a loss to, I think, Sacramento right before the break. So, even if those two are on, it may not result in a resounding win. And it's going to take quite literally a blowout to get to this 13 and a half number. So, uh, this is honestly, I, I guess my lean would be Mavericks, but my recommendation would be uh, do not watch this and do not bet on this. Um, Moving to the later slate, it is my Oklahoma City Thunder at the Utah Jazz. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't look at much in this game uh, other than it's the Thunder. As a short favorite, I'm going to take them on the money line plus 115. I, I really can't be talked out of it. Uh, just a weird quirk of note, something I'd pick up on as a fan that watches his team consistently. They have lost four games in a row when they are a game under 500 and have an opportunity to reach 500. Uh, it makes no sense. I can't tell you why. I can just tell you that it's happened four times in a row. Uh, hopefully, history will not repeat itself once again. Uh, most recently, they lost to, I believe, the Pelicans, maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, one of those just frustrating close losses. Uh, and, of course, 500 is a big milestone for the youngest team in the NBA. But again, I'm a fan of this team. It's the first game out of the All-Star break. They're the best team in the NBA against the spread overall. I think they're plugging along at 62% overall in the season against the spread, which is the best in the NBA by a pretty substantial margin. Uh, so, you know, chances are I hit it. If not, you know, I'm biased. I'm going to take them anyway. So, um you know, I couldn't really recommend truly to take the Thunder, but I think that, you know, they are the best team in the NBA against the spread this season. I believe they were last year as well. And I think recently with the Chris Ball season, they were also. So, I mean, this is a team that people underestimate um, a lot better at home. They are in Utah in this game. Uh, but again, as a fan, I have no choice but to take Oklahoma City on the money line plus 115. Uh, Jazz. Are laying two points. I think they're minus 135-ish on the money line. So uh, if that's one you disagree with me on, you want to plug in with a team like Cleveland or maybe Philadelphia or another favorite that you think is going to hit, then that could be uh, a path to a plus money ticket. But again, like I said, I I'm a Thunder fan, so I'm taking the Thunder, and I don't care. <laughs> Moving to the other 10 o'clock games. The first of which is the late window TNT game. It is the Golden State Warriors at the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, both officially probable but expected to play. LeBron had a really weird finger injury during the All-Star game. Uh, caught his finger on the rim going up for a block, which is, you know, goes to show what happens when defense is played on rare occasion during that event. Uh, bad things can happen, but thankfully, it seems like he's okay fresh off breaking the all-time NBA scoring record against my Thunder in a loss, I might add. But they're playing the Warriors. The Warriors, I couldn't tell you. Again, this is kind of like the Thunder losing when they have a chance to get to 500. The Warriors are 7-22 and 22 against the spread on the road this season. I couldn't tell you why. 
it just makes no sense. I don't know what it is. Obviously, uh, the Chase Center has one of the more lively fan bases in all the NBA. Certainly has an effect on this team at home. They're much better. But they are just horrible on the road, and it's just very, very strange. Uh, it was a concerning early trend, but it has persisted all the way to this point in the season to where they've lost 22 of 29. And um, I just don't know when that will stop. I don't expect it will in game one of the second half, especially without the services of Steph Curry or Andrew Wiggins, uh, two starters for this team. They're 5-11 and 11 as an away underdog against the spread. 9-18-1 overall on the road against the spread. Uh, again, it, it's more than just straight up. This team is not covering spreads either, which is what we're focused on. They're 10-11 without Wiggins. They're 9-11 without Curry. Uh, they don't win on the road with or without them, frankly. So, I, I mean, I realize this Lakers team also faces an uphill battle to make the playoffs um, likely going to be a play-in participant. Uh, one of those four teams that's going to have to fight their way into that 18 bracket as the playoffs get underway. But I think that the Lakers, they got rid of Russell Westbrook, and whether it's the best move or not, they were dead set on doing it, and they accomplished it, and they brought in a familiar face in D'Angelo Russell while doing so. And I think this Lakers team realizes that with LeBron being 38 years old, the nucleus of this team built to win now. And Darwin Ham is a first-year head coach looking to avoid the same fate that Frank Vogel suffered as the fall guy for a team in a big market that under-delivers with star power. Uh, Anthony Davis is on the floor, and that means this Lakers team can beat anyone. Uh, they've tried to retool with some financial restrictions to get that supporting cast up to par, and they brought in Rui Hachimura, a couple other guys uh, in recent weeks to try and accomplish that midseason with, again, very, very, very limited mobility financially. So uh, this is a big game. It's, you know, Staples Center, primetime, TNT, all that stuff. Um, again, it's just hard to ignore this Warriors team on the road. At, you know, if Steph is in this game, that changes a lot. If Wiggins is back, too, this is probably closer to a pick. And the Warriors might even be a road favorite. Uh, but they're not. And everyone in the world's aware of this Warriors team on the road. And if you're not, it has been this battle year. It really has. I think they lost, like, their first 12 or 13 road games. or something atrocious. Uh, and it has not really improved that much as the first half went on. So, honestly, another game I'm only really leaning on. Uh, so, I'll take the favorite. Again, I mentioned... Off the bat, little favorite heavy, which I don't love. Uh, but with road splits like that, it's just tough to ignore. Everybody's been rested. Um, you know, some guys participated in the NBA All-Star festivities, but obviously effort not at a premium during that. Um, so, yeah, give me the Lakers minus five and a half at home to kick off the second half. Uh, last game, also 10 o'clock tip-off. This game could be one of those that they score 300 points in. Um, the Blazers at the Kings. The Kings, five-point favorites as they look to light the beam and kick off their second half with a win. I just don't think that this Blazers team is as bad as people think. I don't know if they beat the Kings. Uh, you know, the entire environment in Sacramento, this kind of revival season they're having right now. Um, they're slotted to host a playoff series at this moment, which is just incredible. Um, De'Aaron Fox, the best clutch player in the NBA. Um, they've just got a lot of talent. DeMontis Sabonis is great. 
in the paint for them. Um, you know, the Halliburton trade was a head scratcher at the time, but I think this is one of those rare cases where both teams actually came out on top in it. And obviously the Kings are a much better team overall than the Pacers this year. So you could almost say at this point the Kings won the trade, which a year ago would have sounded insane. Uh, but yeah, not so much for this game. It's late. These two teams, Jacqueline Hyde a bit, uh, no true strong trends I could pull out that pointed me to either side convincingly. Uh, but in the spirit of avoiding a super favorite heavy card, I will take the Blazers plus the five. Again, like the Pelicans, I don't know if they get the road win outright, but I could see them keeping it close enough to at least cover and be a great team to start the second half. So that is game number nine. A uh, couple dogs, a lot of favorites. Don't love it. Uh, in summary, the three I like the most. I don't know if I'll call them best bets, but we'll roll with that for now. Uh, give me the Cavaliers minus two and a half. The Sixers minus four and my Thunder. You can take the you can take the two points. I'm going to take the money line at plus one fifteen. A uh, couple that just missed my card. Uh, Lakers minus five and a half. Celtics first half, hopefully around five five and a half points. And then uh, the Blazers plus five also in the late window. So four favorites than I would like. Um, a lot of these late games, I doubt I'll be up for them honestly. Um, probably watch the first half of the Thunder game and call it a night, but exciting the nba's back uh, i'm gonna try to do this every slate we'll see uh, it's helpful nice like tonight where i can get it in the night before uh maybe get some closing line value on these spreads um yeah so you stuck around this long i'm gonna edit this down to as quick as i possibly can went a little long-winded with this one but i'll work on cutting that down uh to get you guys a more digestible product so you know commute size things like that but uh if you stuck around this long I appreciate it a lot. Uh, this may end up being in written form at the end of the day. If uh, this takes too long to edit and get out, then I'll just uh, tweet it at the 1009. And you guys can get my best bets and some quick blurbs like I've gone through every game of the slate. Um, and I'll probably end with best bets on the bottom or something like that. But in any event, the link to this, whether it's audio, video, written, all of them, uh, will be at the 1009 on Twitter. And uh, if you guys have listened to the podcast before, this will be in the same place on Apple and Spotify and not this time, maybe in the future uh, on YouTube, the 10 on podcast over there. But um, appreciate you guys listening and I'll be back tomorrow with more NBA. Subscribe.